0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. Amasia siya calm. Christos anesti. Christos vos creese. Christos and Christ is risen. Maybe after the liturgy, I'll try to surprise you with a different one. You need to wake up a little bit. Christ is risen. Amen. This morning we have uh, the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel about the doubting Thomas. But instead of starting there, I want to start all the way at the beginning of the Gospel of John. And I did this on Holy Thursday as well. But the Gospel that we heard on Great and Holy Pascha on that evening came from the first chapter of John. And in the midst of that beautiful, beautiful piece of Scripture is one verse... John 1.14, that I am becoming more and more convinced that perhaps the entirety of the scripture is meant to explain that one verse. And that one verse is, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, it might be a little bit of hyperbole to say that every single word in the Scripture is meant to uh, explain and help us to understand what that one verse really means, but it might not be far off, because that verse really says everything. And that's why on Great and Holy Pascha, we read from that prologue of our own patron uh, from the Gospel of John, because that section of the Scripture is so important for us to know and remember. And I have a reason for bringing it up today,
1: because uh, in this situation
0: that we have with the Apostle Thomas, who is oftentimes thrown under the bus because he's given that title of doubting, but in the midst of the prayers and the hymns and the Synaxarion that we read this morning and the hymns from last night as well, uh, we really have a lot to be thankful for Thomas for. Because he helps us to, again, understand what this verse really means. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now Thomas, we know, wasn't there in the upper room when our Lord first appeared to the disciples. And we don't know where Thomas was. Now, if you look in the, previously in the Gospel of John, just before uh, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, you actually have uh, Jesus telling the, the disciples, we're going to go into Jerusalem. And everybody is telling him, well, Jesus, if you go back into Jerusalem, they're going to kill you. But Thomas very bravely says, well, then let us go and die with him. And so I kind of get this impression that Thomas is not, he, it's not that he isn't there because he's given up or that he's afraid, or anything like that. Uh, But it seems to me that perhaps Thomas wasn't there because he was the one who was out doing the reconnaissance for the group, maybe. He was there uh, trying to figure out what the latest gossip was, and if it was going to be safe for those guys to leave the upper room, or maybe he was getting groceries because they had to eat. They were up there for a little while. Whatever the reason was, Thomas wasn't there. And he says to them, I'm so glad that you saw him but you know what, I'm not going to believe until I see Jesus in the flesh and the Word became flesh. Really, Thomas helps us a great deal because he helps us to understand what the the Scripture really means when it says, and the Word became flesh. Because sometimes we might think, That Jesus is born in Bethlehem, he takes on that flesh, he takes on human nature, he dies, he is risen again from the dead, and then we don't think about his flesh. Perhaps we think about more of an angelic state or something like that, even when we think about our own resurrection from the dead, but that is not how the church teaches us. The church teaches us that our own resurrection is in the flesh, because so is our Lord's. The Word became flesh and doesn't just take on that flesh for a little bit of time, but the Word became flesh so that He could have human nature united to the divine nature in that one person, Jesus Christ our God, for all of eternity. For all of eternity. And so even when we say the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, He will be dwelling in His flesh with us, Lord willing, when we are there, in the kingdom of heaven itself, He doesn't leave his flesh behind. He doesn't say, "I did that part, and now I'm going to, to be uh, return to the Father in the same way as I came." No, He comes in the flesh, and he goes uh, ascends into heaven in the flesh, and we will dwell with him in the flesh. In the resurrection from the dead, and that is a very powerful thing for us, for us to remember, because uh, and we get that here from Thomas, and the word became flesh, and Thomas said, "I will not believe unless I see him in the flesh." But even deeper than that, Thomas says, "I want to see him in the flesh, but not just see his flesh." He says, "I want to put my hands in the mark of the nails." I want to put my hand in his side where the spear pierced him. And so we have the understanding of what it means for us to say, And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now I've said it before and I'm going to continue to say it over and over again. Where is the King of glory revealed? When we processed around the church just over a week ago on Great and Holy Thursday with the cross and we put it here in the middle of the church, it's right over there, the, the cross is, the sign over the top of it doesn't say the King of the Jews, as if it were a historical meant to be a historical reality. But over the sign over the, the on that cross it says the King of Glory. And so we behold the glory of God when we behold his wounds, when we behold the crucifixion, because that is where we are able to see the glory of God, to see the great lengths that God is able to do, is willing to do for us and for our salvation. We are healed by those wounds. And so Thomas wants to put his hands on those wounds because he wants to be able to point out for us at least this is part of it, for us to be able to know that is the glory of God. Because it is there that the Lord shows exactly how much he loves us. And it just so happens that today we are also celebrating besides the Apostle Thomas, the prophet Isaiah. And you all should remember Isaiah because during Great and Holy Lent, if you're following the lectionary readings, we read almost the entirety of the book of Isaiah. But at the very end of the book of Isaiah, in passages that we read on Great and Holy Friday during the hour service, and see how the church puts all of these beautiful things together. At the very end of the book, he points out to us this suffering servant. The suffering servant who we know to be... Christ. And I'm just going to read for you just a little bit from the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 53. And as you read it, there will be no doubt in your mind who Isaiah is talking about, even though he is writing many, many, many years prior to the coming of our Lord in the flesh. Isaiah says he was a man in suffering and knew how to bear sickness. His face was turned away and he was dishonored and not esteemed. He bears our sins and suffers for us. Yet we considered him to be in pain, suffering, and ill-treatment. But he was wounded because of our lawlessness and became sick because of our sins. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his bruise we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Man has gone astray in his way, and the Lord delivered him over for our sins. Although he was ill-treated, he opened not his mouth. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before his, his shearers, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth, and because of the lawlessness of my people, he was led to death. I will appoint evil men for his burial, and rich men for his death, because he committed no lawlessness, nor was deceived. Found in his mouth. It's Christ. It is obviously Christ. And even Isaiah was pointing out many, many years before Christ that the glory of God is truly revealed where? In the suffering servant, the one who takes on our sins, the one who is able to destroy the power of death and the consequence that sin brings into this world. And so Thomas, when he sees our Lord, reveals to us the glory of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Because that suffering servant doesn't just suffer and die. Just a few chapters later in the book of Isaiah, and this this verse you should really remember, because we're going to sing it in a little bit later. He says, Shine, shine, O Jerusalem. For your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The glory of the Lord is risen. The suffering servant dies because of sin, because of death, but he tramples down death, and the glory of the Lord is risen, and so we shine in the light. And what do we say when we behold the glory of God, full of grace and truth? We fall down like Thomas and we say, my Lord and my God. And this, brothers and sisters, this exclamation of Thomas is the first time that someone says who Jesus truly is. The first time in the scripture that someone says specifically, my Lord and my God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Brothers and sisters, the Word truly became flesh. Thomas helped to prove it for us, and he doesn't leave his flesh behind, but he has risen with his flesh, and thus so will we. He shows us the glory of God by pointing out the wounds of the nails and the, the piercing of the spear in the side of Christ. He shows us the glory of God so that we can fall down and worship him truly, my Lord and my God. Blessed is Thomas. But as Christ says in the gospel this morning, blessed even more are you. Because Thomas saw Christ in the flesh. And the difficulty for us is that we rely on the witness of the apostles. We rely on the witness of all of these faithful people depicted here in the church. But blessed are you who have not seen and yet you still believe. And yet you still come to the divine liturgy when there's no air conditioning. You still come to celebrate great and holy Pascha in the middle of the night and are filled with joy. Why? Because you know the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we behold his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. And may we never, never forget that. And may Thomas' example help us to see that truth. And may he pray for us. So that we, like him, will be able to just simply exclaim and bow down before our Lord. Who came in the flesh and revealed his glory. My Lord and my God. Christ is risen. He is risen. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.